welcome back to the show, Your Life, Your Way. I'm your host, Kathleen McDermott. Your Life, Your Way, living life on your terms, no longer being and doing how others think that you should. Most importantly, feeling safe, being you, guilt-free. What does all that mean for you? It's huge. Your life is your gift. What do all these mean to you? I do hope that here in the community that you find inspiration, spark something to help you find your courage, your curiosity, your creativity to begin to step one foot in front of the other and to design your life your way, to be empowered, and most importantly, to feel safe being you guilt-free. In today's episode, I'm really, really excited to have you meet this wonderful author. Have you ever, have you ever been reading a book? A book that you just wanted to have take you away from the daily noise, the day-to-day just stuff to be able to relax, maybe with a cup of tea and a comfortable chair and just enjoy this book. I've had that pleasure recently. And I've also had the pleasure of meeting the author. Our paths just crossed one day and so bizarrely in a wonderful way crossed again. And we share this, I share this story in the episode and it's, it, it ended up becoming when I was reading this book, it really showed me much, a much, much deeper points underneath and it naturally because it comes back to your life, your way, and it just tied into the book. And we talk about this in the episode today. So the books, let me tell you, they kept me right on the edge of my seat. This is a great storyline and I'm really anxious to read more. Um, we'll talk about that as well, but this author, she's great. Carrie Peresta. She is the author of a few books. This is a series. We're going to get into that. I don't want to give anything away now, but she is an accomplished author. She is actually, she lives in Hilton Head, South Carolina. We don't live too far apart from each other. And she is a wife, mom, grandma, and she's just, she just has such a knack for telling this story. And you may find by the end of the episode that you might just want to go out and hope you do and start reading her series of Olivia Callahan. Thank you so much for being here. And here's the episode and fabulous interview with Carrie Peresta. Carrie Peresta, I'm so honored to have you with me today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Kathleen. I'm excited to be here. We have rescheduled this and we've tried to make it work and we're finally here and I couldn't be happier. And if you don't know Carrie, Carrie is a very successful author. I am a huge fan of her writing. I think her writing just keeps me on the edge of my seat and I can't wait to get into the next book. But I do want to share how Carrie and I crossed paths because I think it's a very, very interesting, unique how the universe works story. Yes. My mother and I were in Beaufort, South Carolina. Gosh, we love Beaufort. And we were just walking down the street and I happened to look down this alleyway of how you go and, you know, you have a, you have shops and then you have an alleyway and then there's shops within the alley. And there was this woman with a table of books 
And I went over and said, hello. And we struck up a conversation and she began telling me about her, her books that she was writing in this particular series. And when she was telling me about the very first one, which is the deadening, it really struck me. It really struck me. And so after we talked for a little while, I gave her my number and said, text me, we'll connect, you know, I'll have you send me a book. And I didn't hear from her. And the most wild part is I'm actually in Aiken, South Carolina, and I was walking through Hopeland's Gardens one day and I saw this woman walk by and I went, Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> we were both equally shocked, I think. We were. We were very shocked. And it was just so bizarre that we I had had the blessing of coming across her and meeting her in Buford. And then when we didn't hear from each other and happened to just be in Hopeland's Gardens in a completely different area of South Carolina at the same time was meant to be. So. Absolutely. No accident. I just don't yeah. believe in those kind of coincidences. No, I was I like, either. and the fact that you had wanted another couple of books, I think, or had not bought the books at yeah, that time. I was, you were going to send me the deadening and I had given you my number, but must be, it got transposed and you did message, but it wasn't right. Me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just happened, air quotes, just happened to have those books in my trunk yeah. when I saw you. I was there to visit my kids, actually. Your yes, your kids, your grandkids were there. And I, I, we both, our mouths just dropped to the ground. And so yeah, we <laughs> hugged each other books. and said, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, I know. And so now we're on, a, I didn't even know you had a podcast. And so I was delighted to find out you had a podcast and thought that would be so much fun. And I think you said, I'd sure love to have you on my podcast Absolutely. sometime Absolutely. right after that. Well, Carrie is not only an author, but she's a wife, a mom, and a grandma. She lives in Hilton Head, South Carolina. <clears throat> and I would like to have you just tell us, I mean, a bio, which I will have more information, but I would love to hear about you. Who is Carrie Peresta? Okay, thank you. My, um, let's see, let me go back. I'll just give you a brief synopsis of my upbringing and why I write dark and kind of weird uh, metamorphosis type characters. I was born into an Air Force family, so we moved all over the place. And so until I was um, in the second part of the eighth grade, we moved every two years. So that kind of leaves a person feeling unmoored, leaves a person not having a sense of connection. And the one thing that I remember that was a constant in my life was at every base, my dad was Air Force, career Air Force, uh, every base, the constant was every Saturday we would go to the commissary and they would have a little town around the commissary, which included a library. So we would go and we would get piles of books. And so all growing up, that was my constant. Books were my friend. And I would spend Saturday afternoons with a bag of chocolate candy. This is before health food was a thing. <laughs> a bag of chocolate candy and a pile of books. And, and ever since, I always had two or three books books going. So I have read all my life. So that's kind of my beginnings. And um, then my dad retired in Little Rock and I went to college in uh, uh, at Arkansas State University in J Jonesboro, Arkansas and majored in commercial art of all things. Did not even think about majoring in writing. So that was odd. It was the creative side and has served me well in the career market, but it was odd that I didn't even it was so easy to me. I did not think it was special. Isn't that interesting? 
Yes, it is. Sometimes we overlook our gifts. Absolutely. Well said. Because yes. they seem so intrinsic. That's mm -hmm. not special. Well, yeah, it was special. And I just did. So um, I had a career. I had a great career in advertising. I was a, a copywriter. I was a creative director. I I worked on the boards before even computers were around and, and had the straight edge and the wax machines and made the flats for the final product. And so I had a great career in advertising and uh, part of it was account executive. So I was in sales a long time, which gave me flexibility. I was also a single mom um, more than once, more than twice. It was very difficult, very hard journey. But but the career in advertising gave me the flexibility to be available to my kids. So I'm grateful for that. Nice. So anyway, so um, my current husband and I have been married for 15 years. It's longer than I've ever been married. And I'm very grateful for that, for a good relationship. And that allowed me the chance to explore what I wanted to do. And I tiptoed into writing with a letter to the editor. We lived in South Dakota at the time which is a wonderful place. So everybody don't groan at that piece of information because it was two years, a wonderful experience. We went there for his job. And um, the editor liked what I wrote. I ended up doing a humor column and that was it. I was off to the races. I loved writing my humor column. I loved people loving what I wrote. And I sat down and write a book, wrote a book thereafter. It was a terrible book. But <laughs> the first book, run. <laughs> it was a practice run. Yes, it taught me a lot. And then the next seven years was spent uh, learning the, the industry. The publishing industry is very complex, very frustrating, crazy and ever-changing. So that it does take a while to dig in and learn um, before a person can really call themselves uh, a professional writer. So that's that's where I am. Well, I know I'm very happy you followed that path because I'm so enjoying your books. How I'm did, so blessed by that. How did it feel when you first put that pen to paper, realizing that I am an author, I can write? I don't think any writer puts a pen to paper and instantly thinks, this is for me. This is something I can do. We are so filled with insecurity. Wow. We are so... if. If the meowing in the that's background, okay. no, that's, that's my okay. cat. I have three of them. And if he becomes, doesn't become less intrusive, I'll put him away. <laughs> I have two, so I'm used to it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, no, I didn't know I was a writer. I was just doing it with fear and trembling. So I, when I got that warm response from the editor and then he asked me to do a column, I, that is when I realized that there's something here. Because as I said, I would... It was never, it never felt special to me. It was just something very easy for me. And I thought how interesting that at, in later years, I pondered that, how interesting it was that I never thought that was special. Why would that be? The hard things were what I thought I would have to attain when in actuality it was right in front of me all the time and I never developed that gift. So that makes me sad that I didn't go a different direction. On the other hand, um, I believe God has used that in my life very productively, the path I did take. So nothing is ever wasted, I don't think. I agree. I agree. When did you realize that you allowed yourself to realize, yes, I do have a special gift? 
Um, I think after the first publisher picked me up, that validation is very strong. I, I don't know. People say, oh, you're a writer when you would do it without anybody wanting it. You would just do it. I don't know if I'm that kind of a writer. I guess there are some people like that, but I, I don't think I would be given that gift if it wasn't meant to share and other people to enjoy it and to be inspired by it. I like to write my books with a bent to helping people dig out of their own personal ditches, primarily women. And that's kind of a ministry with me. I, because I had to do that. I had it real, very tough. And um, there is hope. And my characters, and I like flawed characters. One question I get all the time is with my characters, because they're a little bit out of the box. And they say, I didn't like her until, hey, you know, the 10th chapter or something. And I'm like, why do you have to like her? You just have to relate to her. I don't understand that. I I, I don't I read cozy. I, I never read cozy mysteries. I hate Hallmark movies. I don't like anything fluffy because that's not how life is. I think it's just a big lie. I guess it's a nice escape, but I never enjoy that type of thing. So I write real people, real characters with real issues, but I make them a little over the top, but they always have a problem and an obstacle yeah. that they've got to get over or not depending. Before we get a little deeper into the books themselves, I like when you were saying and very sh openly sharing about your fear in the process. And it's so important. It's one thing that I teach my clients is that fear is fear is always going to be there. It's never going to go away. It is, mm -hmm. it is meant to work with us, but we have allowed it through all kinds of conditioning and experiences to let it take over and control our lives. Cripple us. Exactly. That's a very good way to describe it. And we can actually develop a different relationship, almost a friendship with fear working together. And that's exactly the impression I got when you said I did this, but I was doing it afraid. I, I was filled with fear. So yep. a little bit more on your thoughts on that. Um, well, a, uh, no, talk to you later. There goes my phone. Um, <laughs> I listened to um, a wonderful minister. Her name is Joyce Meyer. One of her absolute bedrock teachings is fear is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. You're just going to have to do it afraid. Just do it afraid and trust where you're going, that you're going to be led. Now, I'm a Christian. Now, my so I filter everything through the Bible. That's mm -hmm. my personal belief. Okay. But that's still a bedrock principle, no matter what you believe. You're going to have to do it afraid. Okay. And that fear, I, I don't know if I'd call it my friend, because I don't like it, but it does catapult me to doing things that I probably otherwise would not have done. And I think it depends on your desire. I After I got a taste of writing, you know, we kind of have to fumble our way to our giftings. Mm -hmm. and to our purpose in life and that doesn't always look pretty and there are failures no. along oh, the way gosh. right yes. sure okay. we've all had these 
really hard situations and rejection is another big one mm -hmm. that goes hand in hand with fear. Rejection is huge. That's kind of my, oh, I hate. I and hate the more that. famous you get, the more rejection you're going to get as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there is, I don't know if there's anything more um, reject filled than the publishing industry. It's crazy. Maybe the movie industry, but but it's it's crazy that I have chosen a career path filled with rejection. <laughs> I think that's where God has <laughs> How's a that working for you. Um anyway, so I think I, if if I power through and overcome that fear, I go through that fear or how whatever metaphor you want to use, you go over the mountain, you go through the pathway, the tunnel. On the other side really is success exactly. and favor and wisdom. And there are so many benefits to powering through that with whatever mechanism you use. I use prayer and faith and, you know, different people use different mechanisms, but uh, on the other side, and and it would be sad to miss that, right? Because if you stay yes, as I fearful, learned. yes, and what are you going to accomplish? What are you, I mean, you're just going to settle. I was never a person that wanted to settle. And I was trapped, so to speak, as a single mom for a long time. I have four children and a bunch of grandchildren now. And I managed to struggle and raise them. Not very well, because I wish I'd have had a nice marriage to do it in. And there are issues, but... Um, I was not able to fulfill those desires of my heart. I had to pay the bills and survive and take care of my mm -hmm. children. So, so we don't all have the equal opportunities either. So I don't know where I was going with that, but I'll just leave that right there. No, but it is an interesting point. And we all go through life. And to me, what you're saying, you know, is like you're existing or you're living and yes. there's going to be fear in both. You know, they call it the comfort zone, which it so is not comfortable. It's just familiar. Mm -hmm. But when you step out and you move with that fear and however you choose to relate to it, but changing, relating to it and giving it the the respect that it deserves for helping to keep us safe, literally, you know, walking the streets or driving or whatever, which it's meant, meant to do, but not to keep us from living. And if you're moving with that fear and when you walk through it, it's, it's like, it's like coming into you. It's you're finding yourself and you're able to breathe and you find mm -hmm. a freedom, yes. and a strength and a grace that you forgot that you had. So it is a beautiful thing moving through it. Right. And your character, Olivia Callahan, mm -hmm. has had to move through a whole lot. <laughs> and we don't want to give a whole lot of the story away, but I'll let you tell what you'd like to tell your readers, because I know when you told me about it, you did not ruin it for me at all but it so relates as you and I were talking before I hit record your life your way is my thing it's it's my it's what I believe it's what I teach living life in mm -hmm. your terms but most importantly feeling safe being you guilt-free and that's what I help women do feel safe being themselves guilt-free absolutely and it's so in the deadening and I'm so glad to hear you <clears throat> say that because that's what I want to portray that's what I want women to take away that read this book is that yeah. you can be grab your life yes. no matter what the obstacles are go yes. after it go after whatever you need to yes. be successful yes 
But remember, there's a whole lot of failure along the way. But failure, as my mentor and friend says, it's feedback. Always hmm. remember that failure is feedback to help oh, you that's good. move forward. And this is a series that you've written. And I've been through the deadening, which is one, and the rising, which is two. And I'm going to get number three. And I, these keep have kept me right on the edge of my seat. And I pass them off to my mom. And she says, I hate to put it down. She goes, but I've got to go eat or I've got to go do this. Thank you <laughs> they're, so they're much. They're that good. So if you could describe the deadening and how this story starts, where how did it come to you? Okay. Well, do you, do you want how I got the idea? Yes. Let's start there. Okay. Well, I was at the first book that I ever wrote, the practice book, which is still out on Amazon. I would counsel people not to buy the hunting. I can't get them. To I remember you. Yeah, I saw that. Don't buy that one. I had to go right to the Amazon and look. Yeah. At I'm it. a better writer than that. <laughs> so don't buy that one. Um, but I was at a signing for that book in Maryland and we were in a library and there were 12 authors and we were in kind of a semicircle all with our long tables and our displays and all of that. And people would come in and they would pass us right by and go to this one woman. And we were just looking at each other going, don't they like us? Don't they want to look at our books? Well, they were all going to this one woman on the other side. And we were all kind of disgruntled about that, just sitting there. So finally, I couldn't stand it anymore. I popped up from my table and I made a, a beeline over to her table and I parted the Red Sea of all the people that were around her. And I just said, what, what is it that you have that we don't? I said, what, what is different about you that you're getting all the sales, you're getting all the people around your clustered around your, your table. And she looked at me and she had the brightest, most sparkly eyes, just this beautiful dark haired woman. And she said, I was in a car wreck a year ago. And or it might've been before that, but she was in a coma for a year. She was not expected to live. Wow. And when she got out of her coma, her Don't personality talk. had been completely flipped upside down. <laughs> I had never heard of that before. I was fascinated by that. And she said, I used to be a real wallflower. I used to be very uncomfortable in situations like this. And now I am just so full of joy and I, I like people so much and I'm so interested in people. I, she said, I guess they like it because that it sure sells a lot of books for me. <laughs> and, and that was my character. That's how Olivia was born. So my books are the Olivia Callahan suspense series. The Olivia Callahan suspense series is about a woman in a troubled marriage who is assaulted and left in the bushes outside an ER as a Jane Doe. After a struggle to survive, she wakes up and discovers that a brain injury has erased her memories and turned her personality upside down, just like that woman. Mm -hmm. She's arisen from the assault a determined and aggressive woman with a very dark sense of humor very different from the passive introvert she'd been before. Books one, two, and three are about Olivia Callahan's journey to rediscover her past and move forward into a new life as a different person. The only problem is that her husband, who intended to divorce her, is furious that she's different now. He can no longer control her, and he is determined to destroy her future any way he can. So Olivia's story is about 
basically rising from the dead, hence the title, The Deadening. Mm -hmm. It's about the deadening and the resurrection of a woman's soul. But she, she rises from her coma without any memories. So in order to go forward, she has to go back and rediscover her past. And what she discovers is shocking. And, and she's like, how could I ever have been that woman? So now she has to try to thwart her troubled ex-husband and move forward into a past, not really knowing who she is. She has to become a new woman without really knowing who she was before. And so all the research I did, it's fascinating that no one can predict how a neurological brain injury recovers. It's very unpredictable. So that's very, this is real. What can happen yeah. is people become different people and have to forge a new path. So it's her journey and books four and five. I'm working on four now. It comes out uh, this summer and then book five will be in 2026. Can't wait. <clears throat> Thank you. You know, and there's so much of what you're saying, and this is exactly what I believe as well. <clears throat> You've seen the meme. We've all seen it. Don't look back. You're not going that way. Yes. But I'm a firm believer in the opposite. In order to go forward, you have to look back. You have to look back at where it began mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. it make sense to understand in order to make the shifts that you need to move forward. And that's exactly what Olivia Callahan, your character, does and all your characters. When I'm reading your reading these books, I can see each character. I mean, you can see yourself. You can see her the driveway, you can see the office, you can see the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, the way you write, it just draws you in and puts you in the story itself. And I find that to be so enjoyable and relaxing, but as I said, on the edge of my seat. But I think one reason why it touches me so much because it is her, she is re, she's finding out who she is. Mm -hmm. And aren't we all, don't we all wanna know who we are? Yes, and see, she was living a life in a shell. Mm -hmm. She didn't know she was in a shell. Yeah, And that's how many of us are. Exactly. We were just talking about the comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we're so mm -hmm. covered with comfort and what we're used to. And if we've grown up in an abusive home, or if we live with an abusive man, or if we um, have been in an abusive job relationship, well, that becomes our normal. Yeah. And in order to wake up from that, I mean, in Olivia's case, it took an assault and losing her memory to wake up. But I would hope that most of us would not have to go through such trauma in order to wake up. You know, it's funny and to say that because I think in my own personal journey, <clears throat> my hardest lessons have, or my biggest lessons have been learned through the hardest times. And my hardest trauma, my biggest trauma did start my journey of looking back, oh. looking at what is my role in my life. Right. We have to back. be shaken sometimes. <clears throat> yes. Yes. It, to me, it, it's okay. Universe tried to tell me numerous times and I don't listen. So then here comes the two by four. Mm -hmm. That's and what I say. The holy two by four is what I call yes, it. Yes. <laughs> God has to hit me with the holy two by four was. I'm really paranoid now. Are you? <laughs> Well, yes, if something's going really well, I I do, I do. I'm like, you know, I pray extra hard or whatever to protect myself. <laughs> but in order to, to make that 
and, and what she's doing and walking her path to find out who she is and to create the life the way she wants it and needs it to be. Um, it's just so amazing and fascinating that granted, I didn't have a brain injury, but I had my own trauma and then doing my own exploration and making my own, okay, what do I want in life? How am I, who am I really? Yes. But your character didn't even know who she was in that life. She doesn't know who she is right now. And so she's got to figure it all out. That is a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think she is a metaphor for all of us. I agree. I, and I, I didn't really foresee the overarching comments that I would get from book clubs and fans and different things about how much they related to Olivia mm -hmm. and her journey. Because I think, for instance, when you go through trauma, and I've been through my own trauma, and it's all wrapped up in what I write, and I think some of it is subconscious that it comes out in the relationships I write about, and I'm not even aware of how authentic it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that authenticity is what touches a nerve in the readers. They they so strongly relate to it, either from a friend's experiences or their own, that they're just absorbed into the story. But, but I'm also hope that it brings hope, that it brings inspiration to, so. if this woman survived and thrived, then so can I. So that's always my goal in my books. I, it, I hate it when people just are sucked into the dark and think they have to stay there. Oh, been there. And we never have to stay there. No, we don't. And it gets to the point where you have to ask yourself, Am I going to stay here? Or am I going to dig myself out and create something? Right. Better? And not get to the point where you're so weak and feel like you have no strength, mm -hmm. that you're powerless. Because some people go there with with the hard depression and all of those things mm -hmm. that happen. I, I wasn't one to ever struggle with depression, thank goodness, because I don't know, I just was never natured that way. But those people that do, I really feel for them and they're black holes. Because that's a deep black hole. Yeah, it's a tough place to be. And she fought through, you You address fear, not that you're speaking about fear, but it's part of the story. In Absolutely. Both, in both what I've read, one and two, the fear that she continues to move through. And she deliberately, and this is what I mean by creating in my, what the way I saw it, the way I perceived it, is in developing that new relationship with fear is she actually met her fear. She would literally make herself face it and figure it out and find whatever she needed to find. And to me, that's a huge lesson for women to say, I, if she can, and granted, it's a book, it's a story. She's a fictional character, but obviously we now know that she's, she's not. she started from a real, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. She's not a fictional character. That's right. So remember that in taking, taking this as an example and knowing that you can move through anything look what we've moved through so far look what you've moved through so far in life yes it yes. doesn't mean that we cannot move through future right things. and we still have more moving forward to do yes see as long as we're breathing we can move yeah. forward there's a purpose and i always intentionally put in my books what i call a stake in the sand moment there's a moment 
where things are so dark for my characters that they cannot see a way out. But but they will rise up and I will have them overtly or covertly declare that they're going to do this. They make a choice. They make a choice. And it's so important to know that we have that power to make a choice. Yes. And we do not have to stay stuck. And those stake in the sand moments come through very, very, very hard circumstances sometimes where no more, where no more. Um, what is it that I went to um, a group called Celebrate Recovery for a long time, for like eight years, worked with helping them with their groups and um it's fashioned on AA and it's a Christian centered group. And my issue was codependency. I didn't know how heavily codependent I was until I was in my forties. And so that group really, really helped me so much to identify patterns. And one of the thing they said, you won't change until the acid of your pain eats through the wall of your denial. Isn't that good? That is good. Mm -hmm. yeah so i reached that point through denial mm -hmm. hmm. i have to write that down <laughs> i can text it to you <laughs> eats through denial <laughs> got it <laughs> so what is you okay <clears throat> i have to get three and you said four is coming out this summer yes yes what is on the horizon for this? I mean, it's going to end at some point. You're going to wrap up this series. Book five point. is the final book. My editor talked me into a series. It was never meant to be a series. Isn't that I'm funny? I'm glad they did. <laughs> <laughs> and so Olivia is uh, thriving. The, the torching you'll find, I really enjoyed writing the torching because the torching is a metaphor. Um, there is arson involved. I did a lot of research on fires and I had to sit down with the firefighter, made oh. him put on his outfit for me so I could see how all that worked. Oh. And, uh, but it is also a metaphor for torching your past. Mm. So she that. gets to a place where she fully sees what has been eating her up and eating her alive. And she makes some very significant changes in the torching that are exciting. So, um, so I loved that book. And, and so book four is progressing nicely. It's more focused on Hannah. You remember the wine and wine club? Yes. Well, Hannah has gone far afield and needs rescuing. Ah. So, so that book is a lot I'm about. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you remember Hannah. And yeah. I'm I'm at that zenith with her character thinking, is she gonna do this or is she gonna do that? So um and book five is just a a dim gleam in my eye right now. So I have no idea. But I do have a new book. It's a standalone suspense. The name of it is The Cost of the Crown that my agent has and that we're shopping two and i enjoy writing standalones because you have the whole thing in one arc and i can put all my blood sweat and tears into that and they may or may not lend themselves to a series but it's the story of a, a 52 year old former beauty queen 
who is left with scars from from uh, growing up on the runway and a domineering mother who's a state senator now. Hmm. So um, another, a very complex take of that stake in the sand moment and discovering who you are and, and not being controlled. So that's on the horizon as well. Okay. Look for that one. Yeah. Carrie, what would you offer because so many women probably have a book within them, but they're so afraid and it's like, oh, it's perfect. In fact, I've been talking today in my own handouts as far as perfection, chasing perfection. You know, I can't do that unless it's perfect. What would you, and we know it's fear. We know that's just bottom line is fear. So what would you offer someone who has these thoughts, these ideas that they'd love to put on paper and create something with it, but they're too afraid? Um, I would say start writing, start writing. Um the the very best thing that someone who wants to start writing is to tiptoe in like I did tiptoe in if that's if that's a desire in your heart if it's a little bitty spark in your heart as you start writing and learning more about what it is to become a published author that flame will just grow it'll just grow it won't go out it'll go out if you're not meant to do it but if you nurture it and feed it and water it and I could go on and on with that metaphor, but I won't. It will grow. But um, I'd say one, start start writing. Um, um, write what you read. Usually writers are readers. So if you like what you're reading, start out in that genre. Start out with uh, short stories. Um, create a blog and just put down your thoughts. But the single best thing you can do, one, is joining a local writers group. And they everybody from beginners to well-published authors are in that group. But I'll, I'll tell you that writers are the most supportive group of people I've ever met. They so want to help young and upcoming writers never be afraid to start because they have all been there. They've all, yeah. we have all been there. And then, so number one is join a local writers group. They're everywhere in every town. Number two um, go to writers conferences, explore what you want, because there's different genres and there's different kinds of writing conferences. Go to some that are local that aren't too expensive and, and see who the speakers are. Make sure those speakers are in your wheelhouse. They're involved with something that you can envision yourself writing. If you're a nonfiction author, you're not going to want to go to a fiction writing conference. It'll give you a little bit, but it won't give you a foothold into what you really want to do. If you want to do Christian fiction, go to a Christian fiction writers. If you want to do suspense, there's something for everybody. Just make sure you vet it before you go. Nice. So that would be my advice. Wonderful. Thank you. And I will ask, what does your life your way mean to you? For me, mm -hmm. It means my my purpose and my whole life is centered on what God wants me to do. I know that he made me for a reason. I, I'm so grateful to him. He has saved me out of so many things. And he has created me for a reason. And I, and I know this. If when I'm in that lane where his river is flowing, that it's effortless to swim. So And, and that is where the blessing is. And that, that's living life my way. Um, it's living life God's way. 
but those things are intertwined for me. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Please share where anyone can not only find you, but also find your books. Okay. My books are available at any bookstore. If they don't have them on the shelves, you can order them. Also, any library. Go request it if they don't already stock it. And uh, also on Amazon. And they're available in Kindle and paperback. And you can find me at carrieperesta.com. carrieperesta.com. And my socials are also under that name. And I will have everything in the show notes as well. Thank you. So please, if you haven't, The Deadening and The Rising by Carrie Peresta. And I'm going to be getting book three soon. The Torching. The Torching. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad we finally got together and got on the schedule and got to talk because I think what you've shared and what you write has so much more to offer women than just hiding out and enjoying a good book. It's so much deeper than that. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was great to be here. So what did you think? Do you think you might want to run right out and start reading the Olivia Callahan series? The Deadening is the first, Rising is the second. I know I'm going to be getting the torching quite soon. I, I'm anxious to continue this series. My mom even read them and said the same thing. I hate to put it down. <laughs> But it's really fun to read things that can really take you away from, as I said in the beginning, the day-to-day -day noise. And these stories are are wonderful to do that. And if if it's not reading that is your you know enjoyment, that's okay. But what might be? What is something else that might allow you to step out of the day-to-day -day noise for a little bit, maybe a little bit each day? to just be with you and to be quiet and to just relax and enjoy. I would love to know how you felt about this episode and just reading in general, or maybe if there's something that sparked you to think of something else, maybe not if it's not reading, what might be something that might inspire you to just get away from the day-to-day -day noise for a little bit? I'd love to know. Please feel free to email me at km your life your way km your life your way at gmail.com km your life your way at gmail.com and i will have that in the show notes as well please reach out to carrie i will have her website in the show notes as well so that you can reach out to her learn a little bit more about her books and remember she has a new one that's just come out uh, well, actually that came out last year as well so she has another one out there i haven't read that one yet but i'll be grabbing that one as well so also, if you know of someone who loves to read or just someone that might need to have a little uplifting 30-minute interview in their life, please feel free to share this with them. The more you share, and I, I hope you don't mind me asking, but the more you share, the more people, women that we can touch and, and help them find their way their way is, is definitely my goal. And I'll be honest, the more you share, do... Um, give some stars and, and maybe rate us, do a uh, testimonial, then maybe we can grow the show quicker and faster and reach even more women and help them find their way their way. I appreciate you so much. I'm so grateful to have you here. I, I, I do hope I express that enough to have you really know that I, I mean it genuinely. 
I'm very honored to have you be part of the community. You can also find the private Facebook group. There is one. I can also put that in the show notes. Um, but feel free to dig deeper into the Your Way, Your Life, Your Way community. It would be an honor. Thank you so much for being here. I wish you much, 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 much joy. Many blessings. Namaste.